2020 was a tough year. In fact, it made us think about a lot of things. And from a church standpoint, it, it made me kind of ponder, what is church really? Uh, does church get dissolved because we can't meet regularly? Or does it get messed up because uh, what we do on a week-in and week-out basis looks different? Uh, I wrestled with that question throughout the year, and I believe very, very strongly the answer is no. Uh, I don't think the church was ever designed to have to be focused centrally around a meeting. There's so much more that the church is about. In fact, not even so much more, but I believe there's so much the church is about that sometimes we decentralize in how we focus on our regular weekly gathering, which is awesome, by the way, and we will continue doing it. So this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to start a series for the next four weeks where we just ask the question, what is church? And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to just give you some verses, some headlines and some verses uh, that go with each of those headlines, key focus on what I believe the church is. And then uh, next week, I want to talk about worship. Um, so I won't take a lot of time on it today. And then two weeks from now, I want to focus the entire hour on a community and so I won't take a lot of time on that today and finally I want to finish off with the word mission and so I'll just briefly talk about that today and then what I want you to do is I want you to think about this question how does the church operate in light of the three things that we'll be focusing on in this series how does your small group operate in light of the things we'll be focusing on how do you individually as a Christian operate in light of the three things we'll be looking at. So let's just jump into it. I'm calling this What is Church Verses because I want to look at some key verses this week. The very first thing I want you to understand that the church is, is the church is worship. Yeah, it really is. It is worship. We are about worship. In fact, worship should really be an identifying factor to all we do as believers in Jesus Christ and all we do as a collective gathering of believers in Jesus Christ. But I want to focus our understanding and maybe our definition, you could say, of the word worship. It comes out of a verse uh, in the book of Romans, two verses really, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to the church at Rome, helping them understand what this means to really worship Jesus Christ. Here's what he says, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in light of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, remember that word, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. <coughs> then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, listen to this, his good, pleasing, and even his perfect will. And so what this verse is doing is it is giving us a definition of what worship is. So whatever you think worship is, however you would define it, uh, we need to start with the understanding of what this verse tells us about worship. And it means this, if we, if we look at this, offered as sacrifice, that is true and proper worship. That is what this verse is telling us. When we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ, that is what true and proper worship is all about. And so we have to engage in thinking, how do I offer myself? How do we as a church offer ourselves as living sacrifices? Now, I'm not sure we're crazy about the word sacrifice here, but a sacrifice is simply this. You are literally giving up 
for something else or someone else. In this case, we are giving ourselves up for the sake of Jesus Christ, sacrificing ourselves or for the motives of Jesus Christ. I was listening to a a message from Dr. Dennis Kinlaw, and he said this phrase. He said, uh, Jesus's invitation was not receive me. Jesus's invitation was follow me. And we'll find when we start to really focus on that word follow, there's a lot of sacrifice that comes in following Jesus. That is our true worship. So we've got to understand worship is beyond a few things. Worship's beyond music. In fact, we maybe have done a great disservice in the church world when we say music and worship and we tie those together. I mean, look it up. The genre of worship is a genre of music. You know, we think in terms of music when we think of worship. We got to think beyond that. We got to think beyond sermons. And you know, I love sermons. I love listening. When I visit churches, I love to hear the teaching uh, in another church. But we've got to think beyond what we're being taught in when we think of worship. We got to think beyond services. When we say a worship service, or like we define ours, a worship celebration, we have to understand worship is way beyond. In fact, if we were to take those three, music, sermons, worship, I think we're hitting just a little grain of sand when compared to the vast beach of what worship truly is in the kingdom of God and what that really looks like, especially in light of sacrifice. Listen to this. Worship is not about admiring God or even praising him. That might be a challenge to your heart. It is about responding to his mercy by offering all that we are to him. And listen to this, walking as nonconformists in this broken world. That is really what worship is all about. It is living this thing of following Christ out in all that we do. That's sacrifice. And so for some of us, the challenge in this coming year is going to be to see worship much broader than we've seen it up till now. It's to incorporate the word sacrifice in to what we're talking about this is church worship so let's look (laughs) beyond this here uh the church is also community it's community now what what do you think of when we think of community all kinds of things we think of oh we live in the same neighborhood uh we're affinity based we like the same things um all this can be true but when we consider biblical community i believe it goes much deeper It certainly starts, as Jesus taught, with the word love. In fact, I think Jesus would so challenge us that if love is not part of it, it's not really, truly biblical community. It may be what we call neighborhood community or affinity-based community, but it's not really biblical community. We're going to break down a story in a couple weeks. Let me just highlight the story for you right now. Uh, It says this in Luke 5. (coughs) Some men came... (coughs) carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Very interesting because paralyzed men, they didn't have a lot of friends. They were kind of destined to a poor life. But this guy obviously had some friends, and they thought highly of him. They wanted to get him to see Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the great crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now, I don't know what the homeowner was thinking about this. You know, there's a hole opening up in his roof. But they lowered the man so he would be in front of Jesus. 
This is Jesus' response. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Notice the phrase, friend. We find no other time in the gospel where Jesus turns to an individual and calls them friend. And so we're going to unpack that in a couple weeks, but we're going to actually get to the heart of biblical community. If you want to put it in kind of a definition verse, take a look at John chapter 13. A new command I give you, Jesus is speaking here, love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, love was nothing new. Jesus had called them to love one another. It's not like when he says a new commandment. Yeah, he is creating something brand new. We don't doesn't show up in the Bible. But listen to the context he puts this in. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you have this love for one another, if this love is is wrapped up in the community you share with one another, it will be contagious. Others will see it. They'll know it. They'll crave it. I believe one of the things this church struggles with the most, not just our church, but the church in general struggles with the most, is truly loving each other in community. I think we tolerate each other well. I think we'll give when there's a need in place. We'll give of our money, some of our time, and those type of things. But when we start to incorporate sacrifice in worship and add that into how we love somebody in community, it's challenging. It's deeply challenging. And I think there's a lot we can be encouraged, and there's a lot God wants to transform within us on this issue of biblical community. I see it this way. Our deepest, truest longing is for community. Every single one of us longs for it in some way. I, a place where we're loved and known, a place where we belong. Get this, and I believe this with my whole heart. I'm not even trying to say it with hyperbole here and come off too strong. I believe this statement. The church cannot be the church unless it can satisfy this longing, this longing for community. And so I look at that and say, man, the, the church world, we got our work cut out for us to know how do we incorporate sacrificial worship into real communal love for one another. So we'll talk about that in a couple weeks during this series. The last thing that the church is, is the church is mission. Yeah, we're mission. We're here for a reason. Notice what Matthew 5 says. It's one of my favorite passages. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Notice when Jesus is speaking here, <clears throat> he is calling you and I salt, you and I light. I don't know a whole lot about salt. I'm not a, a chemistry guy. I, I know those few things that salt is used for, taste and preserving and things like that. But I know this. Salt is never there for salt's sake. Salt doesn't need to just be around more salt. Salt is put into something else, and it transforms something out, whether that's preserving that thing, whether in meat and that type of thing, or whether it's to add taste to it. Salt is designed to be given and offered, and that's us. Salt, light, light just opened up, and just a little bit of light in vast darkness makes an impact and a difference right away. The darkness can never contain that. Jesus actually speaks of this in John chapter 1. You and I are called to be that. We have a mission. We have a reason, a purpose to be on this planet and to live out our faith. 
listen to what Matthew uh, chapter 16 writes it like this. Jesus is talking. He says, on this rock, Jesus Christ is the rock, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Translation, Jesus thinks very highly of his church. And Jesus is saying, this church is there for a significant reason. In fact, I am putting my blessing, I'm putting my stock on the church to live out. But listen, when we reduce anything in the church world simply to singing, teaching, service, maybe a program or two for our kids or teens, we've reduced the mission of the church. We've reduced what Jesus is talking about here when he puts his stamp on the church to be his central avenue for people to experience Christ, you and I, to experience Jesus Christ. And so mission is super important. And we're going to talk about that three weeks from now. Mission is this. Mission is ushering in the kingdom to others. That's what we're supposed to do. We're going to usher in God's kingdom that we've experienced. We're going to usher that in to other people's lives, serving as Jesus served. We want to serve just like Jesus served. Now, I really think we need people to serve. We need people to step in and and hold babies on Sunday mornings, and we need people to teach kids and, and those type of things. But I think there's even a deeper, stronger calling Certainly when we think in terms of sacrificial worship and communal love that compels us to serve, and Jesus actually models it. So we don't even have to be confused. We just go and do it like him. And finally, redeeming this broken world. I strongly believe that salvation is wrapped up in the idea of redemption for our world. And so we go out and we find ways to bring redemption to other people's heart to their lives, to their brokenness. We usher the kingdom in so they can find that redemption in their life. And redemption is not just about saying a prayer and so you can walk away and say, well, I'm a Christian now, I said a prayer. Redemption is that holistic, the fullness of being drawn close to God and being transformed by who he is in Jesus Christ. And so uh, the church is not the church if it is not engaged in the mission of God. Listen, I will go even further. A Christian really is not a biblical Christian if they are not engaged in the mission of God. If we're not engaged with worship and community and mission, and yet we say, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. You know, I grew up in church. We're really missing the heart of what it means to be a Christian, and we would be missing the heart of what it means to be a church, a collective of Christians who are here with a desire to worship, a desire to love in community, and a desire to be on mission. (coughs) So that's what we're going to be looking at the next few weeks. What is church? That's going to be our focus. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to pray for you. um, And I want to pray that God would just set our heart. If you're a small group leader, I'm going to pray that God would set your heart to ask, what does this look like for your small group to think in these terms? If you're uh, one that you're saying, hey, I'm just watching online each week. I'm not quite comfortable coming. What does this mean for you uh, as an online watcher? How do you incorporate this into your life? What does this look like for all of us? So I want to pray that God would just kind of set our hearts. Would you bow with me? Lord, I just ask that you would 
reveal something to us that just simply words in a sermon can't do. There's something about your word, your verses that we read here today that can be transformational and impactful just in and of themselves, the power of God's word. And so I want to pray that you are setting our hearts wide open. I want to pray that we would prioritize the next three weeks, that we would say, I will be in front of my TV or I will be sitting in church to hear what God wants to say through worship, community, and mission with the anticipation and expectation that my heart is actually going to be transformed and I'm going to be shown what it really means to be a follower of Christ who worships, who has community, and who's on mission. And then I want to bring that to this thing we call church, and I'm going to do my part in worship and community and mission in the church. So prepare our hearts this week for the next three. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen.